Hello, and welcome to the Dutch Film Podcast. My name is Gregory Marcus. And my name is Erik van Bemmelen. And I am not Dutch. And I am. And it's been a wild ride this evening. Yep. Are we here <laughs> for the first time ever on mic in the distance? Here we are. Your offspring. Yeah. 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 My little baby boy. Was foretold in the previous episode that it was coming. It's already five months old now. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> this podcast is really a time capsule. Yeah, this so the first episode I think we recorded around nineteen eighty. Um and we've been just working our way up until now. Nineteen eighty. Yeah. 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 Even before we were born. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It is a time capsule for sure. Yeah. And it's been fun. And we're full swing now. Yeah. We're going. Yeah. We're going. We got like six or seven episodes out. I think so. Last one was Borgman. Borgman was the yeah. last one you would have heard. Yeah. We got two more coming even before we're recording yeah. this one. This one right here. And we had some bumps in the road recording this one so far. And we got a hard out. Greg, Greggy's got to get that last train uh, yeah. back to Amsterdam. Yeah. That last so, intercity direct. Make it short and snappy. It will also be my last time after recording the pod going back to Amsterdam. True. Because. <laughs> Got the keys for the new house. In Boca. In Boca. I can tell you folks where I live, but it's proper Dutch. <laughs> proper Dutch. Proper Dutch. So yeah, life is happening and we're finding time to do this. Great. Your microphone was broken. My microphone was broken and we tried to find a replacement going to the old media shop. Around the corner here in Rotterdam. Which is really just like a glorified phone store. Yep. It did not have all media. No, to be sure. (laughs) When we asked about a mic, he said, well, this is the corner where we keep the computer-related stuff. And there was just one keyboard, as far as I could tell. We went to the 1001 Things shop next to it. Yeah, a lot of knives. A lot of knives, yeah. It was like 500 knives and then uh, probably about 300 pots and pans and then assorted other things. And zero microphones. Well, one microphone, which was also just a play karaoke microphone. Which the guy <laughs> we should have gotten that like, one. Yeah, I got a microphone. It was even gold. I mean, and so what more do you need? broke into your neighbor's home who are out of town and they happen to have a, True. a microphone. Shout out to Arash and Diana. And then we had to have Thank dinner, you. which was delicious. Yeah, and here we are, like three hours later. Yeah, but we got a hard out, so we got to get going. Which Is movie are we? we need, we need uh, to talk no, about? no, man. We've, we've discussed babies, houses, struggles, struggles. This is us. All right, this is us. Let's do it. Okay. What movie are we discussing today? Take it away. Cloaca. 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 Two thousand three. Drama thriller. Yeah. Sure. By Willem van der Sande Backhausen, who yeah. has a son, Matthijs. True, true. Who maybe one day will be a guest on this show. He has said he will be. And he was in the movie. He was in the movie playing the son of one of the characters. Yeah, yeah. And I never, we'll talk about him more, but I always had a hard time with this last name because it's so long. It is a long name. And yeah. so I always just called him Matthijs. On the podcast is Weicher. Uh, because that was close enough and like people could piece it together eventually. Okay. Okay. A so van this is from and Willem van de Backhaus is Weicher. True. Yeah. You'll pick whatever you can use. And why did we watch this movie? Why did we watch this movie? Um 
this is, is one of the movies that I picked for the, the yeah, long no and short list. Yeah. <laughs> I, why did we pick this movie? I really love the movie yeah. to begin with. Um, and I think it's really exemplary of a certain style of Dutch acting and Dutch scripting. Um, we should mention the script is written by Maria Goos, who has also written the play where this movie is based on. Um, and the movie is, of course, very much structured like the play itself. It feels almost like a play, like what be, it would be a good equivalent in American cinema. I was thinking Glengarry Glen Ross. Was that a play first? Yeah, and uh, it, it yeah. feels like a play watching it. Or the what's the uh, famous Mel Brooks uh, film? The bop, 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 bop. it doesn't matter. But I have a question though. Did this go back to the theater? Yeah. Well, well, it was a theater piece first. And then it was a movie, and then it had a second run with different actors. Which I just rewatched one of the best things on Netflix, the Oh Hello on Broadway with Nick Kroll and John Mulaney, and they make a joke. First it was a play, then it was a movie, then it was a play. Yeah, okay. The equivalent of moving back in with your parents. <laughs> yeah, okay. But I guess that's what happened with Cloaca. And um, it was also um, uh, done in the UK by Kevin Spacey, I found out. Who was, yeah, just acquitted, but he still fucking sucks. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> and he did it in his own theater in London, which I had no idea he had. Probably doesn't have it anymore. It was probably some place, like some breeding place for him to yep. abuse young men. In their cloaca. We will get to that later. Um, chickens have a cloaca. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> Little so baby it's, chicks. it's taking a lot of me. I was trying to remain positive. This movie really sucks. But okay. I get it. Do you want to dive right into why you think it sucks? No. And why you get it? Or do some uh, no, plot first. Do some plot, but you have to do it because I already like wiped it from my memory. Okay, and also you watched this without Dutch subtitles, which was quite difficult. Yeah, for yeah, sure, this because one was quite tough. It's a typical movie that is like solely based on people talking and what they're saying and the specific words they use and, and how the, they say. And it. the sound mixing was really bad, and the ADR was quite bad as well. Didn't really notice, but I, I, if I, maybe if I watched it with headphones, it would have been a bit, bit easier. But yeah, it was tough. I do have the scripts in the book form, yeah. so I will lend it to you afterwards. You should know by now that I don't read. No, that's no, true. No, that's why we have a movie podcast and not a book podcast. Mm, maybe we'll get around to it. Yeah. Okay, so Cloaca. Four main characters. Joop. Joop. Gijs Scholten van Aschat. Is a name that I will not remember. Gijs, you can call him Gijs. Gijs, yeah. Great actor. Peter, played by Pierre Bogma, widely considered as the goat of Dutch acting. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Seen before, very briefly, in Borgman as yeah. the, the priest. vampire hunting priest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Martin, who plays a theater director, played by Jaap Spijkers. And who Lu- does not have a photo on IMDb, so he must not be of anything... Uh, Oh, he is. Oh, that's weird. I mean, I guess in real life he's also more of a theater guy, but still you would expect him to have a photo. I'll oh. upload one. Yeah, yeah, okay. You'll take care of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And last but not least, Tom, played by Peter Block, who was at the time of filming this movie the husband of Maria Goos, who wrote the script. Yeah, you gotta, you can't keep, you can't mix these things. Why? Because it's like separation of church and state. 
But you mean theater and film in general? No, your relationship in the movie. Ah, okay, okay. But you can. Yeah, lots no, of actors no, have proven can, it. Yeah, and and we had just talked about um, in Borchmann how von Warman just uses his whole yeah. family as casting <laughs> crew. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. okay, wife, brother, examples. sons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Okay, okay so, so run this, run this fucking plot because it's simple, but it's also dense i guess if you want no. to read into it it can be dense but it's also just a very it, it is okay movie. so if you would uh, have the simple take on it i guess it's just four friends who know each other from a university who also are also all friends with the uh, from university as well in real life yeah yeah okay but in a movie uh and i think in real life they met at um school maastricht and the only one who was not on uh, at that specific school was Jaap Spijkers. He went to Arnhem. So he was probably not part of the original gang. The director was, scriptwriter was. But yeah, you were totally right. The, it's like one one gang who grew up together probably um, started out making theater amongst the place they did was uh, Cloaca. And they made it into the movie, having the original cast of the theater piece and both the director and scriptwriter. So that's where we're at. Um, background sorted. Background sorted, right? Yeah. Um, we should also say that they all played the same roles in the theater performance. Or did we already say that? Yeah. And the, so it's the same. It's not that issue where you the theater cast is different than the movie cast or whatever. It's the exact same. It's the, everyone's the same. And I think we mentioned before on a previous episode that, um, and this happens, of course, in the UK, US as well, that a lot of people who are playing mostly in theaters are also doing movie roles in the Netherlands. Um, it's of course, not that big of a market, so you'll see people going either way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and what is the movie about? Four friends. Four friends from university. Um, Joop is um, a politician. He thinks he is about to be the minister of foreign affairs. They're right in the middle of uh, forming a cabinet. Oh. And Peter, Peter uh, works at, um, I think, the municipality. He works in an administrative position. He does something for apparently 22 years, which he started as a holiday job. And he he's still... in an archive, no? Yeah, but I think at a municipality. It's Yeah, it's not clear, but he works with heritage and cultural heritage. Well, he works at a null or at a place that has a null depot, which means that... The government pays certain artists money and they hand in some of their work and it's, it's being placed in an archive. Yeah, okay. So maybe he works at like the Gemeente Archive. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think so. So that's Peter. Yeah. Pierre Bokman. Pierre uh, Martin, a famous theater director in the play, played by Jaap Spijkers. Yeah. Um, and uh, the lead actress in his latest piece that he is um, bringing into premiere during the, the story. Uh, the lead character is the daughter of Yoop. Yeah, what's her name? Claire? Ooh. Lisana? Lisa? Yeah, I can't remember. Um, we got it, we got it, we got it, we got it. Connie? No. no. Laura. Laura. Played Laura. by Caro Renson, who yeah. didn't really do a whole lot after this. I looked her up. She became a photographer. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. interesting. And she only has like 800 followers on Instagram for her photography work. So <laughs> That's not enough for Greg, this, this Laura. Film, this, this film really... <laughs> catapulted her yeah, career yeah. yeah i mean but she's quite like she plays quite a good femme fatale in this movie yeah i must say everyone is good 
Thank you, thank like you. I agree. That's why. That's why I love the movie. I think it's like one of the premier examples of great acting in Dutch film. Okay, but yeah, you don't like the plot. I don't like the plot. I don't. I think it's messily edited, and the sound design was bad. And okay, it, it was a no. movie. Wait, oh no, run the because yeah. I, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna go off, and okay. I'm, we got to get this out so, of the way before. Four four friends. They're by the way middle aged at this point, and um, white. And Four white. middle-aged white men. White men. Um, and they're all in trouble. So, uh, oh, we didn't mention yet uh, Martin, the character. No, sorry. Uh, Tom, played by Peter Block. Um, he was a lawyer. That's how the movie starts out, actually. Um, uh, he, he was found in Barcelona in his underpants. I thought he was naked. Yeah. I think he's naked. We don't see... No, I'm not sure. Well, yeah, well anyway, he, he was lost. Not really wearing any clothing. He became a coke addict in a very short period, became a manic depressive, and uh, things went downhill pretty quickly. So that's sort of the the way the movie starts out. Peter has a another problem. He works at the, at the archive, as we've mentioned. And each year, instead of getting his... Um, like, a, like a... What do you, would, would you call it? Um, employee organization where people put money into a pot each year and then everybody gets a gift when it's their birthday or they get married or whatever yeah so you basically pay for your own gift yeah yeah okay yeah. that's sort of yeah. th- is this a thing you have in the states mm, no I, maybe maybe some places do the pot thing but i also never really worked at anywhere in america okay. I, i've worked here more and you you, you wouldn't know no. i mean the way it works here which i also think is pretty goddamn zaunig stingy is, you know, it's someone's birthday and we don't do it for everyone's birthday, but, you know, maybe if it's a colleague that's quite uh, liked, then all of a sudden the message goes around by email like, hey, it's so-and-so's birthday coming up, you know, we're going to get them this. If you could transfer five euro oh, yeah. to the bank account, it's like, five euro? Like, this is what this person is worth for you? Yeah, like, five you euro. Can't do 10? You can't do 20? <laughs> no, it's not a Fugazi show. No, no, it's impossible. And not everyone gets a, a present. No. Oh, and speaking of birthdays, I think, well, that's, we, I think we covered this before as well. Yeah, that you it, pay for your own drinks. You, no, but you pay for your own drinks, but you also have to make your own goddamn cake. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Fucked up. Yeah, your own birthday party. You yeah. have to do everything you yourself. You really have to, you know, make it. And then oh. people are like, are you going to do anything for your birthday? It's like, I don't know, you're my friend. Will you do anything for me for my birthday? No, never. Yeah, no. exactly. You didn't even come to my birthday party this no. year. No, I had to do too much stuff. Well, you traveled there. You hung out on my actual birthday, <laughs> and then you just like did work for me. No, no, no that's, that's, a, that's a birthday, I a birthday present. As well, in the meantime, I turned thirty-four. It's great. My birthday coming up. By the time this airs, yes, it is. I might not come to your birthday party. We'll see. I'm we'll see. Busy. We'll see. Yeah. You're here in like three or four episodes. <laughs> so anyway, Peter. Peter the, is stealing artwork. No, not really. So that's the whole point of the movie, right? Is he stealing artworks or did they tell him that he can take an artwork yeah, uh, instead of... Okay, so after a long time working bad. there, after a yeah. long time working there, he found out they have this vreugden of verdrietpot. So basically a pot of money. For sadness? <laughs> for, yeah, for both sadness and joy. So whenever something happens in your life, I guess that's what I meant it to take, that you get some money out of the pot. So it's your birthday. Your cat dies. You get some money. He never got any of that money. So they told him, you can take an artwork out of the depot. Presumably, as he says, all of all of it in the depot is full of lelijkheid. So ugliness. 
it's all shit. All the artworks down there, because it's basically artists, struggling artists who only get uh, get to make art because the government gives them money to do so. But not this Van Hobel guy. Can you imagine that being the way you make art is the government saying, hey, you know what, here's some money. Go make art. Sounds like a great life, actually. Can you make art to fuck the government? Yeah. <laughs> Probably if you write it on the on your painting, the government will never see the artwork itself. They just put it in storage. Yeah, you just they deliver it wrapped in brown paper. Right. No. Yeah. Okay. No. yeah. Maybe. Maybe. There's some... you, so you could. Yeah. Okay. So he takes the artwork. Yeah. Or he gifted ta- it or a, whatever. A, a, each year he takes a painting home, and yeah. he takes home, uh, I think, in total around like 20 paintings and eight of them are by a guy, an artist named Van Hobbel. And apparently that work has become uh, super popular in the meantime. And the works that he just took out of the archive that were probably paid for the government, paid by the, for the government for like a, a couple of hundred euros or guilders in that time are now worth 3 million. And he needs to give them back. Yeah. But he can't. Because we learn later in the story, he already sold a bunch of them to afford his lifestyle, lifestyle yeah. and his apartment. He has like a nice apartment, like on the Amstel. No, in, uh, I'm not sure. They don't show it somewhere from somewhere in uh, maybe in the pipe because there's always this view looking out from outside the pipe towards Corée. Yeah, she no. Corée a lot in the movie. Yeah, mostly Corée. Corée plays no. a big role here. Uh, should we say what Corée is? Yeah, most people don't know. It's a theater. It's in Amsterdam. It's on the Amstel. People say it's a special place. I really couldn't give a shit. Um, it does look very nice. It's a great theater. You know. The most well-known theater in the Netherlands. In the whole of the Netherlands? Not yeah, the, right. Not the Doolin or something? No. Brought it in? No. That's also a famous theater, though. Carré is more famous. It's, just, it's been around longer. <laughs> they just like, old, you didn't mean. Didn't they just like, bury some dude there? The Peter Ardefries had his uh, funeral there? Not sure. Oh. No, didn't hear about this. I don't think they bury people at the theater. I've never been to Carré. Pavement? Ooh, no. Pop, pop, pop. Pavement are playing there uh, soon or already played there. And tickets were like 80 euros. That's a lot. Yeah. You go see Pavement, yeah. You rather stand up on the pavement, I guess. Yeah. Yes, I would. So we've had covered two people and their problems. We have not covered, um, I think, Yoop yet. So the politician. Um, he is leaving his wife in the first scene we see him. Or he has a huge with his wife he's even tempted to stab her yeah yeah indeed indeed uh, and he needs a place to sleep so he goes actually to Working for Tom Tom um, but Tom has just had this breakdown as we've mentioned and he's moved yeah oh he's there that's I, I thought it was a great thing <laughs> he rings the doorbell at what he thinks is Tom's house and there and other people open the door and he's like Tom he said Tom who, who are these types that are opening the door <laughs> oh you've moved and then he goes to this new place and it's basically an empty place where Tom is sitting and he's writing copy for women's fashion articles yeah, yeah. yeah. article descriptions yeah yeah that scene did give some like good early 2000s internet vibes yeah you know, just like the, that blue glow of the screen. And uh, yeah. when I saw it in the movie now, I was like, what is he doing? Couldn't remember it, but no. makes sense. A way to make a living. Uh, so he says, no, we cannot stay here. They both go to Peter, no. whose problems we've already mentioned. And um, we should add that uh, Yoop is really scared of being seen during this cabinet formation period. 
um, uh, at uh, Peter because Peter is gay. And he thinks that might be a bad thing for him. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, that tension is there. And oh, it's explicitly mentioned, but... Okay, so... All right, come let's let's keep going because otherwise um um I'm thinking did we cover all of their problems? Oh no, no of course. Martin. Martin, yeah, so the theater Martin director is sleeping with the underage daughter of Yoop. Yoop. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Uh, She's 17 at this point yeah. because we see her turn 18. Yes. During the story, so the blowjob you see in the beginning of the movie is an underage blowjob. There you go, Dutch cinema. The dude's uh Pretty creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty dirty, and he's and very. Uh, he's, oh. a sh- he's a bit of shame, but yeah, and not really. Yeah, but no. then he's like afraid to tell Yop, and then uh, near the end, he, he at one point was telling him like, "Hey, man, you really can't stay here because I don't want, I can't be no. associated with you." At one point, he tells Yop, so the father of Laura, that is a leuk beest, Yop. <laughs> <laughs> Which means nice uh, she, she's a nice little animal, basically. So yeah, terrible. Uh, I guess all these people are terrible in their own way. Uh, Peter, maybe less so. And I sympathize the with the only one with integrity. I sympathize with Tom as well. Well, he's a cokehead. Yeah, he's had major problems, but I don't think. And they mentioned this in the movie. They're both like the soft duo out of the four of them, while Yoop is like a heartless, cold politician. And Martin is basically a the director who does not care at all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so from there, I'm having flashbacks to talking about Hetine plotline. From there, they all come together eventually. Yeah. I forget how Martin uh, finds his way into the, um, into the scene. Mm, he probably just hears that they are they're staying there with the three of them. Yeah, can't remember. Yeah. Can't remember. At at one but, point, there all four of them. There, it's like the gang is is back in town. Yeah. They're reunited at Peter, um, and in a way, they're nostalgic about their past as, as students. I guess um, they're sort of like core baller. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, that's why they have the scene of the core ballers Cor- on the boat with the piano and the keg of beer. Yeah. yeah. Um, is it Yop, I think, or is looking at it's like seeing them? Uh, no, the first one seeing them is Peter. Peter He's sitting yeah. by the canal when yeah. he just heard he has to return all the Van Gobbels and he know he can't. We don't know at that point. Yeah, so a, it starts with him getting yelled at, yeah, or yeah, by his boss supposedly. Like, you know, you have to return the start work, and then I think what happens. I think because again, tough. Mm-hmm. Tom and Yop, Yop, offer to help him yeah. kind of figure this all out. Yeah, so Yoop will pressure, uh, because he works for the government very high up, um, he will pressure some people, he says, um, namely the manager of Peter and the boss of his manager um, to make sure that this whole problem goes away. And um, Tom is, of course, a lawyer, (laughs) or was a lawyer at least, before he was found naked or with only his underpants on in Barcelona as a coke hat. Uh, and he thinks this is the case that will save him. Something like that. Is that... Did Vitica make that? No, George Brack made that. So, uh, Greg is now... This is, of course, an audio <laughs> medium. <laughs> Greg is now using his finger to point... But Vitica's made a, one of those, like, screen-printed something like that before. And I don't... I thought maybe she sent it to you as, like, a card. No, oh, that would be great. No, this is George Brack. Sorry. 
Brak. 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 Which means throwing up. Hung over in Dutch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we um, we hung it on the wall uh, upside down so that the birds are flying up. As opposed to into the ground. Yeah. Like we tried to keep it positive. In this movie indeed. Indeed. Just going down, 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 down. Down, down, down. Okay. Let me see. Is there anything else? I'm so glad that you remember all this because I really do not. And I watched this movie like four days ago. I think you really needed subtitles to get it. At least to get a subtlety. I mean, I think what, what makes a movie great amongst other things is the language. Is the way they phrase things. That is such a cop-out. No, no, no. So, for example, you say, uh, you just talked about Peter and you, t- you said something like, his boss or whatever. He's called in the movie Afdelingshoofdvermeulen, which is such a specific way to call a boss. Like Afdeling is a department, so the head of department Vermeulen, a very Dutch name, Vermeulen. Just that in itself, Afdelingshoofdvermeulen, says so much about what type of person that is, that if you want, if you're just like that might be his manager, you're already not catching the, the full context or the subtleties of what that is. I don't need the name or like the position of this person to understand that they're a bureaucrat or a you know a no, but director or manager or whatever. True, but you must have equivalents of American movies where getting the details is what makes it fun in a way. Like Easter eggs? Yeah, basically, yeah. I was talking about Jodemus Boss recently with someone, the, wrong, the, like painter. the painter. Yeah, And how, and, like, the detailing of his work? Yeah, so I have this work, uh, or this book, Boss in Detail, and it, it's, as you would imagine, zoomed in. Uh, zoomed in, yeah, yeah like because the, he has this, of course. The demons, these, like, pitchforking someone's ass or yeah. whatever, yeah. And some of the examples you read there are, like, you see a demon doing some crazy stuff, and putting a torch up someone's asshole, something seriously like that. And then it says, well, the hat that he is wearing, people during the times that uh, Boss was living in would know that that hat has just been out of fashion. So it's funny that he's wearing that hat because that means he's an aristocrat, blah, 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 blah. So super detailed stuff that we don't get are we, at all. Are we really trying to compare this movie to Aronimus Bosch? Yeah, in a way, yeah. No, no, no. But I'm saying the d- details matter. And this is because it was... Uh, uh, it's a play, theater play made into a movie. It is all about speech, right? And then again, a theater play. <laughs> it will be. It will be turned into a movie before long, for sure. Like most of the the, the guys playing this have sons who are acting as well, right? They can just. I don't know. Does Pierre Bokma have children? A lot, I think. Yeah, with yeah. multiple women. With multiple women. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Bloody body blah, blah, nothing really works out for these guys. They're trying, they're trying. Friendships come and go. Yeah. That's it. In the end, Pierre Bokma kills himself. <laughs> because yeah. like he because he'll he's, there's nothing. Like he feels like he's is so much attached to the both these artworks and also Yeah. He he announces ruined. he's announced he announces his suicide uh, mentioning the artworks or the artist at least. He says, Van Goppel did not know when to stop. I do. Or did not know when he was finished. Which seems like a thing an artist would say, right? The work is not finished until it leaves the atelier, whatever. I have a good quote about art. Maybe okay. it's maybe it's worth um, uh, bringing to attention. Because I was talking to a friend, uh, Mr. Mr. James, uh, owner of Red Light Records. Nice Scottish guy. 
Okay. Maybe, maybe uh, we respond to this. You know, so it's about the the band Mogwai. You know the band Mogwai? Don't think so. Famous no. post rock band from Glasgow. No, maybe kind if I hear the music, kind of define the genre. So James and I were talking about art and being from Glasgow, and how if you're from Glasgow, you're not allowed to be an asshole because everyone will just either beat beat the shit out of you or not take you seriously and not be your friend. So, and Mogwai, big deal, influenced tons of people, all this stuff. This is from a Pitchfork article, article about them from 2015. Are you going to zip that more slowly? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, con- no context dude, dude, for dude. this. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> okay, so this is a quote. I just have it on my phone. So, we tend to believe that art is, or at least should be, an all-encompassing thing. If you're doing it right, you aren't doing anything else, and your identity can't help but be consumed in the process. But Mogwai's longevity suggests that good art isn't synonymous with self-destruction or self-delusion, nor is it endangered by normalcy or decency. In fact, it can be built on those things. Mm. Yeah, but then maybe they're the only example where it works like that. No. Also, also music is, is a difficult medium if you talk about art. What? How? Um, Go on, get, 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 oh dig, man! Dig, dig yourself out yeah. of this one here. This is going to be uh... <laughs> because it's uh, the whole format is based on getting to a point quickly. Um, their songs are like ten minutes long. They're in no yeah. Rush. Well, I mean, it's compared to a movie and all the work. I mean, you can record a song in ten minutes. You cannot make a movie in ten minutes or make a paint. Yeah, you could make a painting in ten minutes. I've I've, I've seen some paintings. Yeah. Have you seen Mondrian? Yeah, it's probably it's mm, such bullshit. It's like five squares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that took ten minutes. Well, then it's the concept. I won't use too many colors, just like three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love Mondrian. Yeah, me too. Actually, <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally, something he likes. I really like it. <laughs> now, um, so for Hobble, the way they're positioning him, he will be like the opposite from whatever the band's name was that you just Mogwai. mentioned. Yeah. 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 Because I, I, I try to remember what the exact quote was, but Peter mentions this at one point about this untamable energy. The, 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 the thing about being an artist is having this untamable energy, but not get lost in the chaos of life. Something like that. Fuck, that's such bullshit. This movie is such bullshit. Like, it's a perfectly fine movie. It's well acted. I get the point that they're trying to make mm-hmm. about the, I don't know, the struggle or the existentialism or the. The yeah. apathy or what any ever, ever kind of philosophical idea comes when you hit 45 or 50 and you don't know where your life is going. It's a movie about midlife glorified midlife crises true. made true. by people that grew up together and were core ballers, presumably. In real life? Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay, well. Only the director. He was at uh, in the core for like a year, I think. But the rest... And then he went into art school, of course. And, okay, yeah. Uh, so, um, so in that sense, and so I ran into Ronald Simons from I Film Museum the other day, um, where I saw also the composer who did the music for this film give a talk. And I told Ronald, I was like, hey, yeah, we watched Kowaka. Um, really sucks. And he's like, oh, I really love that movie. I was like, I really don't. It's just like four dudes having trouble with their life he's like yeah that's what the movie's about 
And yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, fair enough. That is what the movie is about. But all right, can we do we do do we do enough of the plot? That was um, kind of it, right. Yeah, that's yeah. the plot for sure. Yeah. yeah. Pierre Bokman dies in the end. Yeah. It's sad. He's the only redeemable character. I felt like. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Um, Agreed. Yup. Even like gets back together with his wife, right? Yeah, gets back together with his wife. Yeah. So everything works out for him apart from him not getting the position. No, he gets the job as Minister of Culture. No, not even the State Secretary of Culture. <laughs> and he says that's the lowest you can get, which says a lot about him. Which is, of course, how much he actually cares about culture. Yeah, and that's, of course, a joke by the Maria Goost, the writer, about how the Dutch government treats culture in the Netherlands. Okay, so. Yeah. I don't want to give this movie like so much credit because all these points are valid where, you know, Ronald's saying like, yeah, no, this movie is meant to make you feel uncomfortable and you're not supposed to like these characters and you are supposed to not empathize with them. True. And, you know, you saying like, oh, no, there's so much in this movie that's actually a satire or a comment on the state of affairs of things in the Netherlands. But I watched this and I just think I really do not need to watch four middle-aged white dudes have issues on screen. Like, it's such a 2003 story, even. Uh, yeah, I get that. I am now thinking if I should mention the next movie we're about to discuss. Don't which you will hear you, in you the, keep in that the, movie out of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> if you talk about white people and their problems in Amsterdam, that's even worse. You will hear about this in the next episode. Yeah, don't ding, but ding, you ding. finish this episode because we're going to... Yeah. No, okay, agreed. But, come but, on, but, but it's the same thing with Hetkine, where, again, it's four middle-aged, affluent, white Amsterdamers sitting on a table talking about what's wrong with their lives and like having all this infighting and bickering. True, but that not, doesn't necessarily mean it's a, not an interesting movie. I mean, there's a ton of movies. 100% means it's not an interesting movie. Because? Because it's not saying anything. Like they could have used a different vessel vessel to communicate so many of these points. No, but what they're they are communicating at this problem for a very specific group of people, right? For people who were students together, thought the world the world was at their feet, um, that they could achieve anything they wanted in life, and one of them is still working at his vacation job. The other one is turning into the state secretary for culture, which apparently is very bad. The other one has become a coke hat, um, and the other one is basically having sex with the underage daughter of one of his best friends. So, I mean, that's a specific story that you could not tell if it were for men or for uh, women from a totally different background, right? But is this a story that's worth telling? Um, it will no be no matter how well executed it is. It will be a fucking shame if this was the only story that is being told, for sure. Yeah, and um, I mean to at least give some credit to your point during the time that the movie came out and that. Uh, Who do you think was dominating cinema in the Netherlands at that point? Um, People like this. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so it's an in crowd thing. Yeah, I guess you could I mean, say that. That. Is, that is also an issue with the Dutch cinema scene is that it is a very in crowd. Yeah. So all the Dutch television. Yeah. So all the um, all the tongue in cheek stuff that's happening, they're really making fun of themselves as well, or mainly. Or I maybe should they say. think that they're better than the Wappies in Amsterdam or something. Nah, I don't think so. No. I, no. Yeah. No. Because they are them. 
Like, are they trying to get us to empathize with the struggles that they're having? No, 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 no. You're you're not supposed to empathize with these people in a movie. Sure, I I don't no. except for Pierre Bokma. No, no, true. And maybe but, I guess a bit uh, Tom. He's all right. Tom is all right. Yeah, yeah. he probably like was fun at parties. Yeah. So if you would rank them, it would be Peter Pierre Bokma number one. Tom, Tom, Peter Block. Three, and now it's get interesting, I guess. I would like Martin, the theater director, better than the politician. No, no I'd rather Yoop. have you. I don't want to be friends with the rapist. He's not a rapist, though. It's called statutory rape. It's when you have sex with an, a minor. It's a it's fel- always rape? Felony oh, offense, man. yeah. Oh, sorry. Then I'll, I'll bump him down to Did four. There's like this MTV made-for-TV movie in like 2004. I forget what it was called, but it was about how... In high school, this guy is 18 and he has sex with a 16-year-old no. underclassman. And then it, they find out and then he goes, like, is getting charged with statutory rape. Wow. And it was also kind of like a PSA about, hey, like, under the age of consent is under the age of consent. And that is illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So he gets down to four, Martin. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's where he stays. And his play fucking sucks. Yeah, his play sucks. But that's also... The, the kind joke, of shit right? That they show a curry. <laughs> they should show that at curry. <laughs> no. Okay, okay, but um, one more thing about this specifically. I think you are totally right. Like the, it focuses on a very specific group of people, and there are a lot of other stories to tell where that are worth telling. But this is not that story. Yeah, so the the Scott Ackerman adage, I guess, it's like, yeah, I really liked West Side Story, but why did there have to be all that dancing and singing? You know, it's like, no. okay, I like this movie, but why did they have to be about this? It's just you what know, the movie is about. This is what the movie was about, yeah. No. And if Vitika, no. my girlfriend, is hearing this, like, I hear you, baby. I know that I say the same thing to you when you say, why is this sci-fi movie so scary when it could have no. just been not scary? It is what it is. It, it is, is what this it is. is the movie that was on the screen. Okay, fine. It was well executed. I would give it credit, but I would never, ever, ever, ever recommend it to someone. No, no, maybe I would with subtitles, but I would never watch it again. Okay. I think I've watched it like six times in my life. Explains a lot about you. Yeah. How do you feel about your friend group? You went to high school with your friends. Uh, yeah, but not to university per se. I think that changes a lot. No, yeah. No, I'm I mean, joking. Your, your university friends are yeah. also a whole different beast. And it's funny when you get the two groups together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And I'm, we, we and will I'm not like your new friend that coming in from the outside, watching all this occur. Who Who are you in the story? I don't know. Laura. Laura. Yeah. I am. No. The, yeah. I was uh, definitely abused um, by you guys for a long time. <laughs> by you, especially. I mean, it took so long, you know, to rope you in as my friend, and you finally get a podcast. We missed several of my birthday parties. And, no. no. It's true. Slovakia. Yeah. <laughs> so do we want to talk about what a cloaca is? Of course, but that will be part of a segment. What segment? Dutch bad words. It's not Dutch bad words. It's a biological organ. Yeah, but they use it because it's uh, also... I feel like there's more to unpack. I don't even... I, we've been going for like only like half an hour, right? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know either. But okay, let me talk some more shit about this movie. I hate core ballers yeah agreed no actually i walked that back can i tell you a story about my yeah, one and only experience with core or like a proper experience with core ballers 
Count yourself lucky that you have only one. Well, actually, we should probably explain what they are. Because maybe is the first we did. We've encountered them. No, I don't think so. But yeah. let's explain yeah, it no, either this way. This is the first time we've encountered them, for sure. Do you want to have a go at it? Frat boys. Yeah. Frat boys. And like frat boys, really not in like that. I went to Ohio State University, and I can drink sixty cans in a night, and you know, and then go do whatever. No, this is like that skull and bones Ivy League New England frat boy thing, where it's about money, it's about power. It's not, it's about who is your father? Who is your father? What does he do? Who is your daddy? And no. what does he do? No, that was a terrible Arnold Schwarzenegger. Impression. <laughs> it was like Adam Sandler doing Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> does, is that reference totally lost on you? Yeah. Kindergarten sorry. cop? No, sorry. No. Oh man, we've really got to start uh, doing, doing another podcast where we watch uh, American movies. Huh? I'm already very excited about watching this Schwarzenegger movie. Kindergarten Cop, you re- oh man, it's really just an absolute classic. Like, talk about a movie that needed to be made is Arnold Schwarzenegger going undercover as a kindergarten teacher to catch criminals. Those are the stories we want to be told, uh, that people. Is, that is an absolute movie. And like, probably like the fifth listed character. Talk, talk is about minorities, ferret. minorities, right? Austrian people in the States. I mean, He's a real success story, though. He's an immigrant, and he went on to be the oh, governor. He's a cyborg? I mean... Yeah. Um, okay, so core ballers are frat boys for the American audience, and they are frat boys in that sense of power, disgusting, slimy, gross, wealthy, Harvard. They're like the people that Mark Zuckerberg fucks over in The Social Network. Yeah. And Winklevoss twins or whatever. Yeah. And not, not that Mark Zuckerberg is anything that you should aspire to be. Nope. Um, no, but the, those are Fred Bows for sure. Yeah. yeah. And they exist here. And I actually like to consider them frat boys light because I don't think that they could cut it in an actual fraternity in America. Uh, I, I don't know they, enough they, about They'll never have nearly as much money or nearly as much. It's like, oh, my, my, my father's uh, in the minister of uh foreign affairs in the netherlands it's like okay like yeah fine yeah it doesn't mean anything to anyone <laughs> okay fair enough yeah. it's like oh i'm the so how are I'm, the I'm like the uh, 12th tallest person on the basketball team i'm uh, how uh, how are the ontgoedingen in the in the states initiations yeah uh, are they as bad like is this uh prob- and it depends. Obviously, I'm out of the loop. I get more news about how the initiation process goes here. Mm-hmm. But obviously, historically, they've been you know, rumored to be terrible okay. in America. So very comparable. Yeah. I okay. mean, excessive drinking, violence, abuse, yeah. all those things. Yeah. So why would you want to be a frat boy? Because your father said you had to be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's pretty much it, right? No. Or, or like you're so afraid of being alone that you need to join um, no. a fraternity. No. It's an easy way to make friends, they say. And Can you imagine? a shortcut to a position of power. I mean, if you look at the, no. Before the, heads, you know of, the it. heads of KPN or the heads of uh, Rabobank or the heads of whatever, you, they're all going to have some connection to some fraternity. No. No. So that is kind of how these guys are being positioned here or framed in this movie that they come from this experience in school. Yeah. And it's very insular. It's notoriously abusive. They keep getting in trouble every, every year since I've been here. 
for the initiation procedures, whether it's misogyny, whether it's abuse, whether it's endangerment, whether it's death even. Mm-hmm. So not exactly the kind of company that one wants to keep. No, no. But you had a story. I did have a story, yeah. So <laughs> now that we have the context. It, it, it totally negates, and I guess we should say, not all fraternities are created equal. There's also ones that are less bad. Of course. There's fraternities. They, they, also, they don't they don't need our excuses. No, no, no. Come on. But there's Jesus. also like fraternities for like nerds. Yeah, okay. Keep keep going, keep going. Okay. Of all so, the groups like, in society, sh- they shout, don't need out, us. Speaking of fraternities, like shout out Otto Blankenstein. Uh, he was one hundred percent in the core. Probably. His sister was. <laughs> I don't know if he needs shout outs, but whatever. Okay, okay, so I was at a, I, my first year here, I was at a house apartment party somewhere near um, uh, Schaefart Museum. And uh, I think it was Sonia's place. It doesn't matter whose place it was, but we were there. It was There were some friends. And all of a sudden, these guys walk in and they come in with a crate of Albert Hein beer. And back when the Albert Hein beer, no, the Euro Shopper beer, like in the red cans, the red tall boys. And they just show up and everyone's like, I think someone even warns me when they see them walk in, they're like, oh, those are, those are frat guys, like core ballers. Okay. And they're like, oh no, no, you don't want to talk to them. Like they probably shouldn't be here. Who, who, I don't know who they know. They actually didn't know anyone at the party. They just saw that there was a party going on, rang the bell, came up. They Great. did bring beer. Great. You know, so that's good. Wow. Oh. And me back then saying, you know, I went to Iowa. I used to play frat parties in my band even. Like, I'm not scared of any frat boys. I'm going to say hi. So I went up and I started talking to him. Of course you did. And um, we get along really well. Like, we're really hitting it off. And, you know, slamming beers and talking. And it's about time to go. And one of the guys says, for some reason, we started talking about punk music. And, like, hardcore. Like, New York hardcore. DC hardcore. He's like. Do you want to come back to my apartment and look at my collection of punk seven inches? I was like, I don't know if this is an innuendo. Fl- flirting with you? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. And so we start cycling back, and he lives on the on the Vase Presida. Still course. does? I don't know, but I I could point out his apartment. If okay. I, you know, over there, it's above. Last time I was there it was above a tapas restaurant on the Vase Presida, which is right on the Amstel. Beautiful location. Really can't beat it. And so on our way back, we're doing that thing that probably would have happened if, like, you know, you were filming some Dutch film about kids in college getting wasted, being core ballers, and then trying to sneak into the Amstel Hotel pool, which obviously the Amstel Hotel is maybe the second most fancy hotel in Amsterdam. And obviously you can't get in at 3 a.m. without your room key. And so we're doing the buzzer, and everyone's trying different ways to, you know, say, like, oh. And then I go up. And then I try in German oh, wow. to get in. And LA's like, no, 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 no. And they're loving it. These three core ballers that I'm with, they think it's the funniest thing that they've ever seen, you know. And I'm like part of the crew now, of course. This and could be a scene in Cloaca. It could have like been. Yeah. It, it would have been better if we actually got into the the, <laughs> the pool of the obstacle. Um and so we go, we get to this dude's apartment, and sure enough, he has like a collection of hardcore punk seven inches. And we're sitting around his place. He turns on, he has like a friture, like a fryer mm-hmm. as well. And he makes, you know, several portions of bitterballing for us. And we're just sitting around. This is an old, an old Dutch story. Listening to punk records. I mean, I'm like, 
these guys aren't that bad. And you know they wrote they rode crew for Neros, like the real like core. Okay, yeah. Rowing uh, crew that's on the Amstel. Hardest English word to pronounce for a Dutch person. Rowing, 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 rowing. Crew, yeah. Um, and at the time, I was living next to Amstel Station, and so I wound up seeing the guys at the Albert Hein on the Vibautstrat quite a bit. We never hung out again together. And like the more that we saw each other after that night, you know, of course, the first time it's like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, oh, mm-hmm. well, it's so fun. Let's do it again sometime. And then as the months went on, it was kind of like we stopped acknowledging yeah. Yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah. But it always put some feeling wow. of sentiment. You just spent a lot of time explaining why Corball are not that bad. Well, You're such a big heart. I mean, these three could have also been like terrible people. Yeah, you would not know. But judged on on this the, one evening yeah i mean but it, i mean I, to I, be I fair i couldn't believe it though pro- probably core baller are just like normal people under all the screaming they're just and in drinking a brooks brothers suit and they never do the top button of their shirt and yeah fuck them yeah okay fuck them though fuck the core fuck the core <laughs> yeah i explained the i explained this movie when ronald and i were talking about it uh it was like you know that feeling when you're walking like down the Varmustrat or somewhere in Devalen late at night, maybe on like a Monday or a Tuesday where it's quite quiet. But then you see a group, because most of the core ballers have their fraternity houses in the red light district area. And so it's like a Monday or Tuesday. And then you see like a group of them all wasted walking down the alley, like towards you. And then maybe you like make sure you walk to the other side of the, the alley. Why? So, because you're not going to walk straight into a freight train that's coming down on you. That's, it's not like they're scary people at all. Oh, that to probably a lot of women that have to deal with the abuse that they dish out. Yeah, okay. But you, you're a big guy. Brown coat? Big guy, what, brown coat, yeah. What, what do you have to I, fear? I'm wearing a white coat now. Wow. No. So, uncharacteristic of No, you. nothing to fear, but that's how I felt watching this movie. It's like when you like see a situation that you really just don't want, want yeah, to okay. have to deal yeah. with. Yeah. That's how I felt watching this movie. I was like, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. Like, it's not fun watching them go through it. But in a way, because the script is so snappy, it can feel lighthearted at times. It's sort of similar to what we discussed earlier uh, in the Borgman episode, where you're sometimes watching terrible stuff happen, but because of the dialogue, it becomes sort of quirky, funny. Yeah, I think from from Varmadan... does a better job in that sense. Uh, I think Loaca may work better as just a theater piece. I will give you that. And like, I'm sure Hetine works better just as a book. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. This is also no. one of those situations no. where someone needs to say, hey, this probably just works on its own. Yeah. No. No. I agree. No. So that's it. I mean, that's not it talking about this movie. Oh, okay. No, I have one more anecdote in my back pocket or one more thing to describe this movie and why I don't like it. So my mother, lover to, love to bits. Shout out Day Marcus. She does not listen to this podcast. Oh. Yeah, I know. She doesn't know how to. Then we could switch to. She doesn't know how to work a podcast, even though I showed her when I was home. Send um, her an MP3. <laughs> that, that might actually <laughs> even be more difficult. Yeah. <laughs> um, been divorced twice, had two rough marriages. Great single mom, did everything she could for us. 
But when A Marriage Story came out, what the Noah Baumbach film from 2020, 2019, mm-hmm. with uh, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. I said, oh, Mom, you got to watch this movie. I think you'll really like it. You know, Adam Driver's in it. I know you like Adam Driver. She's like, Greg, I've been through two divorces. What do I need to watch a movie about a troubled marriage for? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you could argue the exact opposite. You would want to see some of what you've lived through reflected on the screen or in a book for that matter. Um, and maybe... This is coming from the guy that can't watch a horror movie. Because my my own life has been a horror movie. No, or? but this this movie is worse than a horror movie in terms of like absolutely actually portraying like the actual struggles and horrors of life. Yeah, no, that's not what I mean. I mean that you could want to watch something that you've lived through just to see if it like if you can emotionally connect to certain stuff and it might help you at least deal with some of it. So my my view on this is on this movie and also kind of what my mom said and you know, why it took me several months to finally watch the new season of Succession is that Succession, this movie, a marriage story probably, oh, marriage story, yes, mm-hmm. is these things are perfect how-to guides of how to not be shitty. Yeah, okay. Wow. So watch this movie. And don't do what they do. Don't do what they do. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't maybe, get, maybe do what Peter does, but don't sell the artworks and don't commit suicide. Yeah. Stealing great art from an from an archive and that otherwise nobody will ever see. I think that's a great move. Whoa! <laughs> you should do that. You should. You should, just, yeah. you should tell you what I was up to at work uh, today. Uh. <laughs> Stealing from the archive, probably. No, I wasn't. I was rescuing from the archive. That's, yeah, but that's res- what that's what he is doing. The, no, but I really was, and I had permission. That it was yeah, okay. okay. He, but he sort of had permission. That's what the whole movie is about. <laughs> Did he have permission or no? Um, I have what, one, else. one scene we forgot to uh, address going through the plot. Okay, what's up? Is when um, it was the birthday of Joop, Heisholder van Asgat, and they order a prostitute for him. And they bring in the prostitute doing this dance all in raincoats. Yeah. And they put on the raincoats while they're in, in a toko, so in, in a Chinese yeah. supermarket, um, probably at the, at the Walla or something oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, and they're all put on these raincoats and they do this little dance that apparently they did when they were in, in university. They had this act going together. I never really got what exactly they were performing during university, but whatever. This is something that they did because he remembers the dance when he sees them doing it. They come into the apartment. So Peter, Martin, um, Tom and the prostitute, they come in doing doing this dance uh, and he joins in and then the three of them leave. So the three male friends leave and all that's left is the prostitute and she starts tripping down and... They're at the cusp of having having sex, but then he sees he has a cesarean scar. Yeah, a cesarean scar, and then he totally breaks down and he talks for maybe like five minutes, all the while crying. And she doesn't understand him. No, but you don't know that. Yeah, watching it, I think that's such a great thing that after five minutes of him crying and explaining this all to her, she just talk, starts talking back in Russian. But like that scene, I also don't know if and. I don't know if it's my own prejudices, it probably is, but 
I can't tell if that scene is a comment on how Yop is not taking into account this person's feeling or who they are or anything. And of just course, treating. of course. Yeah, but but I also can't tell if then they're using an Eastern European who are like a highly oppressed minority in the Netherlands. Also but that's exactly exactly what they're saying. Right after this scene happens and the friends come back. But why couldn't they have used a Dutch prostitute? Then the whole scene doesn't work. It's great that he's finally pouring out his heart. He's playing like the tough guy all his life. And then no and one he finally pours out his heart. On deaf, deaf ears. Yeah. Someone that's probably had a far worse life than him. Indeed, indeed. Oh. And what's also a great little detail is that he cries about her cesarean scar. And he tells a story that his daughter has been born that same way. And his daughter turns 18 that night. But he forgets his daughter's birthday. So, and you know who doesn't, or who does not know, but who is there? Is Martin is there? Of course, of course. That's a, that's a horrible scene when you see all her Ooh. toys in the bed, and you're like, okay, so this is really still a child. Yeah. All right, let's take a break, and then we'll come back even hotter with some other things. Let's go. The Dutch Film Podcast. Yeah. We're back. We got some tea. Some tea going, tea gang. Because it's late. This is the latest we've ever recorded. Probably. Yeah. And we got to wrap up, though, because Greg's got to get his train. That's the professionals we are. We've got a timetable. We stick to it. Yeah. Here we go. Greg's musings. Greg's musings. Muse away, Gregory Marcus. Okay, we got off the bat. Ha 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 ha. Yup. That's amusing for sure. Which, you're you're a deep creature, aren't you? <laughs> so when, <laughs> uh, I, when I reread this today, I didn't know what it meant, and then I realized it enlightened the people. All each of the four gentlemen get a title card. Um, that's like there's like a freeze frame, and then their name comes up in this kind of aggressive, very early two thousands font, and then there's like blood kind of on the screen. It looks like you're getting ready to watch. A blade film. Yeah. Um, I thought that was very funny. The title cards are not great. The title cards of the next movie we're about to discuss next episode are also terrible. Something about title cards. Fucking mouth. They are the worst I've ever seen. Really. Uh, core ballers on a boat with fascists. I want to say yeah. something about fascists because I don't think I've expressed how much I hate them before. Move to Rotterdam. What? You do pints? Oh, God, get the fuck out of here with the flautjes. If you want a flautje specifically in Rotterdam, you have to mention it. Like, if you don't say anything at all, you'll just get a flautje. It's honestly embarrassing to see people drinking out of such a small glass. I <laughs> Do you know how much? And, like, because the service is so bad here, like, kind of across the board. Yeah. It's yeah. exhausting to get yeah. drunk because you just got to keep ordering. I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, what people would say is then you know your beer is nice and fresh. Yeah, but the beer but, fucking sucks. Yeah, you need to keep drinking <laughs> yeah. also. I mean, nice and fresh. <laughs> Empty those glasses, people. And 
Um, and you would also think normally uh, a fash, um, in terms of the quantity per cent to the ounce, whatever, is cheaper the more you buy. Yeah. So a pint, let's say, is six euro. But a fascia might be 270. Nah, where? Well, not anymore. No. Let's, okay. let's like think like back to when you could still get a fascia somewhere for you know, 190 even, whatever. No. Usually it's cheaper to get a pint by 10 to 20 cents than it is to get two fascias. Yeah. And you would think with the Dutch... Stinginess. Stinginess, which, okay, is a stereotype and also accurate sometimes. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, well, I'll go for whatever's goed koper. That's why I normally buy the... This is only a 26-pack. Normally, I buy the 52-pack. Cigarettes. Which is cheaper we should per say. cigarette. Yeah, cigarettes, oh. yes. Which is cheaper per cigarette than a normal pack. I love how you're talking about cheap cigarettes and cheap alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> say something about fruit as well. If you buy fruit in great quantity, then... I mean, it's all terrible here, anyway. Okay. Stick, stick, <laughs> stick to your cigarettes. <laughs> also, your next musing. Okay. Next before one. before you die, please next, hurry up. Next one. What a girl sees looking up while giving head. I did think that the camera angle work in the scene when Martin is getting a blowjob from Yoop's underage daughter to be quite um, horrific. Yeah, it was yeah, great. He was no. gross and oh my old, God. and no. it made me like also never want to get a blowjob again because like, is this what it looks like? Uh, yeah. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah. No. So I thought also, that, that I don't was, get what you're saying. That yeah. was a good sentiment or like a good way to visualize oh, the awful. power dynamic yeah. and yeah. everything. Yeah. Boobies. Yep. Ton of them. Two pairs. In our uh we don't have a segment for that. The nudity count? No. No dicks. No dicks. No, 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 no. no. Um which is funny because a large portion of the plot line is that one of these dudes walked naked down the streets of Barcelona. You think they could have just shown him yeah. fully exposed? Yeah, yeah. But maybe some, I don't know. It, I mean, it is quite uh, not liberal here in film. That was a, that was a joke. Yeah. Um, these montage segues? I have no idea. I don't remember. Maybe when you see the like coke binges that Tom goes on. Is that what you mean? Nah, I can't remember. Okay. Uh, Great using. Motorham met gas. There's a scene in the morning when they're all going to work and Yop is eating what is what probably the most typical breakfast that I see on the train is two slices of bread with a pluck, pluck of cheese. No, no. That's it. I have never eaten it. And I will never. I hate it. But most Dutch people eat it for both breakfast and lunch. I'm a big fan. And maybe even for dinner if they have some soup, like erta soup. Yeah. Eh. I like it. I'm into it. I I thought it was stupid in the beginning and now You love it? I get it, you know? It's simple. It's not vegan. That's what I'll say. You're not vegan. No, I'm not, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> um elevator sounds from Star Trek. That was quite funny. The sounds of the elevator when they get when Pierre Bokman's character gets to work and everyone's like eyes are on him. Mm-hmm. The sounds of the elevator doors. Opening and closing sounds like it comes from some sci-fi Foley sound soundtrack. I like that. Did yeah. not catch it. I'll have to watch this movie for like the seventh time. Bern- Thank you, Greg. Bernice Swiss Mountain Dog. That is the breed of dog that uh, Laura gets from her mother for her 18th birthday. Ah, okay. 
Oh. Beautiful beasts. And an actual beast. Beautiful beast. Are you sense. talking about Laura no, no, or... No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. That was... That's her boyfriend's calls her. <laughs> um, and if you are to look in the 2000, year 2000, Benjamin Franklin Elementary School yearbook, fifth grade, Heather Farrar's class, Gregory Marcus. You've lost me. Dream no. profession, mm-hmm. breeder of Bernice Swiss really? mountain dogs. Great. Yes, it is Great. in there. My favorite dog Wow! at that time. And you thought this would be your profession. That is going to be my job. I'm going to breed Bernice Swiss mountain dogs. And you ended up being the state secretary for culture. Look how your life turned out. Yeah, actually, I wouldn't mind that job. I feel like I could do some good. Uh, Laura looks like Linda Blair. Who's Linda Blair? The girl from The Exorcist. Uh, I think it's Linda Because of her turning hats during the blowjob or... (laughs) Um, I think I think I was thinking of Linda Blair but maybe it was someone else but I think Linda Blair young Linda Blair who went to she sort of looks like Scarlett Johansson in a way as well I'm talking young Scarlett Johansson lost in translation Bill Murray being the Martin in this instance yeah she gives me the same vibes like aesthetically you mean or in terms of how she plays the role no aesthetically uh, but I, I am more on Linda Blair, though. I will have, I, I'll look up The Exorcist. Went to school with my dad. Really? Same class, Staples High School. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah. Connecticut, man. It's all connected in Connecticut. Is that the official slogan? or? No, it's the Constitution State. Oh, poo, boring. Yeah. It's all connected in Connecticut. Please, sell them. Connect, Connecticut. Yeah. Connected, Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah, that's how you remember how to say it. Yeah. Uh-huh. When I was at the notary, he was reading off, you know, uh, Gregory Marcus, born September 23rd, 19... Born... Really? Connecticut. He's like, you said you were from Chicago. I was like, yeah, but I was born in Connecticut. He's like, huh. Oh, (laughs) this is weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Knife. There's a scene when, uh, oh, yeah. when, when yeah. Tom is yeah. making dinner and he's hugging. Yeah, with a knife. With yeah, knife. that's great. That's um, yeah. Chekhov's gun, you know. You yeah. knew that someone was getting yeah. killed by a knife later in the movie. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Yeah. Okay, this is a good one. Getting old, don't get pathetic. This is kind of a note to self. Okay. I like that one. Yeah. And final musing, Asian grocery stores, a.k.a. a toko. Toko, yeah. Probably the best stores yeah. in uh, the whole of the Netherlands. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's Greg's musings. Some great musings there. Thank you, Greg. Uh, okay. Now we're on to our next segment. Oh, man. Dutch bad words. There's a lot in this one. Okay. Start the tune. Uh-huh. And there we are. Um. I had to pick this one because it's the title of the movie, Cloaca. And you already mentioned, you know what it means. Tell me what it means. It's the orifice on animals, specifically, I know it from chickens. Birds in general, I think. Which is where they shit, piss, and lay their eggs out of. Very good, very good. Yeah, and it's Latin for sewer. How about that? That seems a bit disrespectful to birds, huh? 
Yeah, but I guess the way they use it in the movie, it's the way of saying hello between the group of friends. I think a very frat boy, court baller thing to do, right? To use a Latin word for basically piss and shit as a way to say hi. And it really fits in their whole like, hey, Lulo, hey, hey. Piss, oh, maybe I'll save that for the next episode where I do my core ball impressions. Nice. Yeah. Can't wait. But piss and shit, but also giving birth to life. Nice. And letting go of some stuff that's harmful to your body. Your birds are fucking insane. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And shout out to birds, though. I love birds. Birds are really cool. Yeah. All right. What else you got? Um, That was definitely the best one. I would expect because the because of the type of script this movie has to, uh, it, to have a lot more curse words. There were some nice curse words, of course, but not a lot that we did not cover yet. I did have one suffe nichtenlul. Oh, something something dick. Yeah, suffen suffe s u f f e a. S-U-F-F-E. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. next? Nichten. N-I-C-H-T. E-N. Yeah, but N-I-C-H-T would be... Nothing? No. Uh, In no. German at least? No, no. Yeah. I think we already mentioned the word nicht in an earlier episode. All right. What's it mean? Homo, gay, oh, like a slur. Yeah, and suffer means dull. So it means the dull dick of a homo. And do they use this uh, to describe their... Peter. Yeah, okay, that's, yeah. that's how you talk to your friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And one of the things he says in response is Ruk de Dag, which is a play on... Do you know this? Ruk Dag? Ruk de Dag. What does, it, what does it refer to? Uh, carpe diem. Pluk de dag. Yep. En ruk de dag is? Stroke the dick. Uh, yeah. Aftrekken. Aftrekken. Which I think is a really, uh, I mean, jerking off sounds better in English, but like aftrekken. Aftrekken like, just does yeah. the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think those are uh, are the best, or the worst, I should say. Bad words that I called. Right. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. bad words. So, And in general, I mean, a lot of, a lot of homophobia. Homophobia, um, even some anti-Semitic stuff, I think. Racist, yeah. Racist, yeah. The works. What you would expect of four middle-aged corballer who are going down, down, Honestly, down. I think down. in 2003 you can expect it from any middle-aged white Dutchman. Yeah, you'll hear it in the next movie we'll discuss. Yes, um, we will. Let's see. Did we cover it all? No, I have one more thing. Okay. Tell me. The IDR Labs three-minute sociopath test, because if you like this movie, you must be a sociopath. So, what? are you ready? You have to answer yeah. these questions. Okay. I repeatedly lie to or trick others for my personal gain or pleasure. Not me. Describes me somewhat. Definitely me. Not me. If that's true. I do what I want when it feels right to me, regardless of what others want. Nope. I, I wish. I, I wish. engage in unnecessary risk-taking or dangerous behavior with little regard for the safety of myself and or others. I pretend to, but I never do. Yeah, no, that's no. true as well. 
I don't see the point in taking on responsibilities. They just weigh you down. <laughs> so that's a little Ilya. Okay. Also not you. I rarely feel remorse, shame, or guilt about something I've said or done. My life is filled with remorse, shame, and guilt for things that I've said and done. That's how I would describe life in general. I use charm and wit to manipulate others for my own benefit. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is the only positive one so far. Compared to most people I know, I seem lacking in remorse, empathy, and or guilt. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, no. Most I hurt people. people's feelings without feeling sorry for them. Nope. I have no problem lying to get what I want. What's going to be funny is like mm. if it actually turns out that if you're not all these things, yeah. you're so. <laughs> I mean, so no, no, no. I don't see the point in feeling sorry for other people and have no desire to help others. Shit, that's awesome. Not you. Okay. These well, are easy questions. Not sociopathic. Uh, okay. However, please note that tests such as this one cannot replicate the judgment or actual of an actual healthcare worker. If you feel that these results are inaccurate, you should schedule an appointment with a doctor <laughs> or a mental health professional now. That's how I feel. I feel I'm, not like, a, I'm not a sociopath. I, I feel like this needs further investigation. Yeah. We'll let you know in the next episode. <laughs> All right. This about wraps it up. Wrap it up. Cloaca. See it. With subtitles, it's fine. It says a lot about Dutch society. It does say a lot and about it's Dutch a fine society. Fine movie. I love the movie. Love the script. You can borrow my book, which has the script. I'm not saying this only to you, Greg, but to everyone listening. I would tell you. I would tell people where you live, but I don't even know your address. I just know how to get here. Rotterdam, people. Yeah. Just, just go to the middle of Rotterdam and scream, and I will hear you because my ears are perfect. Okay, but you have to get in line because there's a bunch of people in the middle of Rotterdam just yep. screaming on the streets. <laughs> all right everyone dutch film podcast thanks for listening also like and subscribe and tell a friend because yeah tell more friends yeah we're really you fucking psychopaths really putting effort in here and it cost me like 25 euro to get down here with the yeah. train so so maybe send a ticky right yeah yeah patreon whatever we don't have one but no. find a way just get us no. money just go to the middle of rotterdam and throw the money in throw, throw the money in there yeah, that works yeah. we'll find it all right dutch film podcast cloaca later bye bye